Hello. Welcome to Why Not Both. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I'm a musician and therapist in Los Angeles. Why Not Both is all about how our multiple passions inform our identity. And this season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine and produced by Laura Studeris. If you like what you hear, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and come spend time with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, and that is both on Instagram and on Twitter. For this episode, we got to interview John from Big Black Delta. We actually recorded this in the before times, so we got to be in the same place and talk about all manner of things, whether they be happy, sad, absurd, existentialist. It was truly a delight, and I hope that you enjoy our chat. So welcome to Why Not Both. Why not? Why not? You're what, here. What can us Exactly. Thank you for... You're the first guest that has caught on that I named my podcast after a meme. I know. I don't know that. You now, you now know it. I know. I know. See, that's just my, my default response to, like, I get I get what you're saying. Now everybody knows. <laughs> now everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I always ask people, I used to ask people, what do you do? And now I just start with, what's a better question than what do you do? Um, my, my, what's a better question is, can you frame your original question in a more specific manner so that we could actually answer it? Ah, well, because that's interesting you said that because several people have brought up the like commerce aspect of what do you do versus the how do you spend your time? What do you do? I feel like there's a lot more shades to talk about too. Exactly. What are some of the shades? I don't know. Uh, learning how to love yourself. I know how that sounds out loud, but I think it's the thing that like all of us don't know how to do. None of us know how to do it out the gate. I mean, you know, there's a couple people that are like, look at my shit, but I think that's clinical narcissism and they have yeah. their own to live and God bless, you know, but I'm just saying that uh, the, the being okay with being here, I just don't know anybody that is default cool. So, so is what we're doing figuring out how to love ourselves and be okay here? That's a lot of my time to spend on that. That's good to know. Um, on the simple things like lighting candles, like when you brought that up, it was something that you can call it whatever you want, toxic masculinity, uh, how I was raised. Um, I had great parents, but I, you know, it's a very Hispanic macho kind of a thing. And, mm. be a, you know, not a feminine, but a sensitive boy in that kind of environment. It's not very nice. No. And so at 40, I just turned 40, being able to be like, not only am I going to buy a candle, I'm going to make my own. Heck yes. Buying nice... How do you make a candle? Uh, just go on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Just start there. Just, <laughs> just start on Amazon. Candle making kit. And then, like, then I fell down this hole about, you know, I never took smells seriously. So, like, spending six months just, you know, the difference between Neroli and Jasmine and all these mm -hmm. other fucking things that, like, um, I, I never allowed myself to even try uh because of the whatever if you want to call it the self-critic or whatever that that or fear-based thinking that you're just you're not allowed to enjoy anything you just have to be working towards something and if you're not afraid mm -hmm. then something bad's gonna happen to you 
You know, so like, if like you're a, not afraid, then something bad is going to happen to you. So if you go, if you're not suffering, uh, if, 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 then then uh, you're going to be punished in some kind of universal or God way. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha. So what's it like not engaging in suffering in that way? Uh, so you know, after severe alcoholism and then, and then getting into really great therapy and finding medication for my depression, which I find out I actually chemically am. Yeah, that's real. Um, yeah, well, you know, r running 38, 39 years with just deal with it, you know, versus right. finding medication, talking to somebody, uh, figuring out all these other things, it is a completely different existence. Wow. On every level. I can, so this has been your first year then, or first two years on medication well, and... You... First year in medication. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think I have three or four years now not drinking. Like, for some people, they, they take it really seriously. The number, I'm just, mm. it was 2000, after Trump got elected. So, yeah, 2017. Like, the beginning of the year. Oh, the inauguration with that. Got that it. So got it, got like it, got it. Three years, yeah. Yeah. And it was... Uh, yeah, man. I know it's it's very cliche until it happens to you, and that is <laughs> profound. I think that's kind of life in general. It's, to it's totally life. In general. <laughs> it's like it's all cliche, and you're cynical until it happens to you, and then you're just like, yeah, you're like, oh, there's a reason why this is a cliche. Mm -hmm. This actually applied. Mm -hmm. I'm so curious what you're doing with sense now. Well, you know, it was that thing that like. I wouldn't even hang up artwork. I wouldn't even buy artwork because it would be like, you know, you, you're going to have to move or something's going to happen or, or nice clothes. What's the point? Like the, there was always like this, what's the point? Why, why get nice food? Why get any of this other thing? There was just this kind of like 1930 post-depression fear that I had that, um, which is understandable on some level if you're an artist because you live a freelance life. Right. And you don't know where your money's coming from. But it made me unable to enjoy anything. And not even not even be able to relate to concepts like vacation. Did you enjoy actually making the work that you were making? Mm, I, I didn't enjoy anything. Ah. I didn't enjoy anything. Except well, when I was fucked up. Got it. Got it. Or winning somebody over. Oh, gotcha. You know, like, gotcha. life's ultimate highs that are really great as spice, but not the meal. Right. And I was just living on pepper and salt, you know what I mean? It, it was like... Oh, it's like having, like, a... I once analogized life to kind of being like a cupcake. Like, you have to bake the cupcake, and then you can put the frosting on top of it, and that's kind of the fun bit. But, like, you can't just have, like, a, a cupcake made of frosting. It's or gooey and weird. Like, yeah, you can't. There's not even calories in sprinkles. Yeah, it's, it's not sustaining. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? And, and a strange just, texture. Yeah, it's not human. It's a different fucking uh, life changing. And it's like, it's. I have a record coming out this year I, and the, the record I made is like being of service, I think. It's just to be of service. To every, just do everything. Like, like we were talking before you started recording. Mm -hmm. You're like, I just make shit. Yep. Like, <laughs> keep it that simple always. Yeah. Like, be of service. So it's like, you know, talking to you, share with you that like candle lighting 
is should be respected. Yeah, for for those of you who are not in my living room, um, which is everybody aside from the two of us, hmm. unless and a cat somewhere. Oh yeah, and then there's my forbidden love begonia. <laughs> She's my neighbor's cat. She's obsessed with me. I too am obsessed with her, but I'm allergic. Um, what we were talking about was uh, John had asked me if I had any rituals, and I was talking about candle rituals, and I was saying how much I like the Hanukkah candles, yeah. but that I really enjoyed them because it was only once a year, so they're very special. Yeah. <laughs> but that, you know, you're allowed to have other versions of what that feeling is that that gives you. Yeah. It doesn't have to be lighting more candles. Um, it could be finger painting, it could be whatever your version of that is to you. And most of us don't know that, and that scares us, and that's... Yes. It's okay. It's okay to take a lifetime to learn what you like. You know, I, I, I got really scared when I came out of the cloud, so to speak, and was like, who am I? What do I even like? And I didn't know it, and so there was this, understandably, this fear of a rush of gotta get this figured out or else mm. I'm not a person. Well, yeah, because the way you're describing it, it sounds like almost like not a void, but like a, a blank space where the things you like should be. Hmm. I never knew that we had that. Ah. I guess people would call them hobbies. I, I, there's several different artists I've talked to where uh, one of my friends who I'm, I'm going to interview him at some point, so I'm like, I guess, spoiler alert for that. But uh, he told me that he's... 38 or 39 now and it's the first time he's had a hobby he runs now and he was so excited to tell me that he he got, had a hobby i have a recumbent bike that i ride i have i, I bird watch all the time now <gasps> like, have... like seriously bird watch I, I really love gardening i love all these other things that um just uh just for me not for any other excuse yeah but i didn't know I didn't know. That there was just, that there was just stuff this, out there for you. That you're allowed that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you think before that it had to be generative or that it had to just be a punishment? Uh, I don't know where it comes from. It's kind of almost Abrahamic and it's, and it's, uh, penance. But I, yeah, it just felt like if I'm really enjoying this and something's wrong. Wow. Or something's going to come and take it from me and really hurt me. So that sounds like a fear of the impermanence of happiness? No, it was more getting psyched from life. You know, I had, oh. I had experiences as kids. Like, you know, as a kid, I had things where I, I was that kid that got invited to the party to get pushed in the pool. Like, I had those things actually happen. Oh. No, no, okay. I appreciate the all, but like... But I, it makes me... I, I, but, Sad but, for small you. But uh, me too. But I, you know, you, you get wired. That's like you know, if yeah. you're abused as a kid, which I wasn't. My parents were amazing, but um, but life has a way of getting in, in certain ways, you know, and uh, those things get stuck in you, for better or for worse, and you have to learn to love them, not fight them or change them. You mm. have to be like, I'm not gonna fucking yell at a 12-year-old boy because something that it wasn't his fault for. You know? Right, But right. for a lot of my life, I lived like I deserved that. That's what you get for being uh, a dork, dude. Oh. And so that if you live your life like that, which a lot of us do because it gets us places. Right. Especially if you're starting out somewhere, especially if you're an 18 or 19-year-old kid that's an artist, you have to be very self-critical in order to grow. Right. But if, if that thing becomes a cancer, so to speak, which I find it to be in everybody now, 
or maybe it's always been there. Hmm. That 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 you have to control that self-critic, and you have to remember where it came from. Mine came from, dude, shut the fuck up, and you won't get beat up anymore. Just wow. Whatever you think, just keep it to yourself, and it worked. Like, and and yet you made expressive creative art, which is fascinating. Yeah, but like that was like when I was twenty and I'd left and I started mm. you know, I was drinking and taking whatever and it was um you know, um I was a kid from the nineties and that was the height of American capitalism and, and everybody lived like a prince. Everybody had air conditioning and a new set of clothes every year, you know what I mean? And so kids from our generation we're just like, nothing is ever going to happen wrong. <laughs> yeah. My parents said we can be anything. Healthcare will be there. You know exactly. I mean? Oh, God. <laughs> Not what, like, a 19-year-old has to go through now. Right. Right. Which is like, I don't even know if I'm going to be here in 30 years because the planet's going to be five degrees more. Exactly. The, everything is irreparably changing, whereas for us it was very much like, you can do anything you want. No, I, yeah, I think that we were, we hit the watermark on that one. and then Yeah, yeah. It's just, thankfully, because it turns out the rest of the world was suffering right. while we were enjoying the AC. Exactly. And now, in retrospect, I'd rather have been in the heat mm. if it would have meant not this, you know what I mean? Right. Right. But. Well, and I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like it was almost like I, I at least learned about this stuff almost what I feel like is not necessarily too little too late because like I was no. accidentally complicit in some of it as being younger but it was also like just being acting on a lack of knowledge yeah just being like you, you suck somehow somehow yeah yeah you know? that I was like okay I couldn't have known that it's like I, I always think okay I made decisions based on the information I had at the time mm -hmm. and so we didn't know this when we were teenagers well, yeah and we also didn't have the fucking internet it just, you know, I, I remember when we had beepers. Oh, my God, I remember beepers. You know, and saying I love you was one, four, three. You know what I mean? That, yes! <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and again, I've become that fucking cliche, like, white-bearded dude at the bar that's like, I remember <laughs> in Boston when we had to just wait and just be somewhere, and that's how you ran into people. And it's true, though. Yep. You know? Yep. And, uh, but then again, that sucked, too. I remember I was one of my first friends that had a cell phone, and I swear that thing could have worked in a concrete bunker. It should be in the Smithsonian. It was one of those, like, it looked like a brick with, like, a tiny flap attached to it. Mm, it must have been an Nokia of some sort. It was... It was art. Mm. <laughs> like... <laughs> Hashtag Motorola Razor. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was wonderful. I did not have a beeper. I really wanted a beeper, but I did get my first AOL screen name at the age of 12. My parents trusted me with that. That sounds apropos. It was great. Hmm. I was in a lot of communities that traded like REM bootleg tapes. Oh yeah, remember when MP3s took all night to download? Exactly, exactly. Remember when there was orange groves <laughs> as far as the <laughs> I mean, I grew up in the valley, so like accurate, that's part of Chatsworth. <laughs> that's... <laughs> It's like you kind of nailed it. Like, OJ was was this really weird summer day. Exactly, exactly. Not just all my parents' colleagues on TV all of a sudden. That was weird. <laughs> I just put that together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're just sitting there like this, like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, why are all of them on TV? What's the deal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
No words. No, that was that was very weird. Um, yeah, like that whole like perspective shift thing. And I'm curious. I latched onto my brain that you said you have a new album coming out. Cool. Yeah, and I was wondering what was different about making this album because you said it was in service to I others. Made another, I made one before it. Oh. And then I shelved it because oh. it was like because it, it was all like sad shit, which is cool. I mean, I dig it, but I don't want it. That's not being of service. And I'm not saying mm. I put out a happy record. I didn't. But um, it's just what it sounds like when I decide to be of service. That's the best way I can put it. So there's White Snake and there's Liberace, but then there's also like John Cage and, and just weird shit in it. And, you know, if you find service of it, then thank you. That's all I wanted. I find service of the sentence with those three references in the same place. Cool. I mean, <laughs> my brain is already at delighted. Time, at the same time, I've been fucking treated horribly because of because of doing things like that. You know, like wow. by certain publications that have just been vicious. And it's like I've never even met this person, and they're attacking the way I look. Wow. You know what I mean? I mean, wow. big, big publication kind of a thing, and you're just like, I said it to you earlier. Where I was like, it's funny how it chooses you. Yeah. And just things choose you. And the best you can do is just be in your space, truthfully, and let things oscillate over you. You know, so if, if, if it's cool right now, rad. If it's not, rad. Just, <laughs> just keep making your shit and don't worry about it. I literally just imagined I'm like, okay, I'm the sine wave. And sometimes there's an LFO that comes in. It's <laughs> like, a really nice way of looking yeah, at it because there just, are moments where it does, but it always comes back and mm -hmm, it always goes down. Mm -hmm. and you'll, you'll have money and you won't have money. And the person that you were going to get married to, this is the wrong person. And, and and I thought I liked vanilla, but fuck, I really like strawberry now. And a lot of us, when those moments happen, we think lesser of ourselves. Mm. Like, how can I not be this constant fucking lighthouse in this sea of blah you know what i mean it's just like no you're a changing living being and you got to give yourself space to do that i don't mean be lazy right i don't mean sit around and do heroin all day but i mean if you have money and it's not hurting anybody then fuck it well that sounds like also like not uh i'm trying to frame it positively because a phrase that came to mind was to have a lack of hostility towards change but I'm like, how do I reframe that? Um, Have faith in the experience. Like, it's just going to keep moving regardless of what the fuck you want. Right, because you're going to change anyway. Hmm. Um, just guaranteed. That's physics. Exactly. Exactly. And that's bigger than you. Physics is bigger than you. I always found entropy really comforting. You know, I don't believe... I know how, what paradoxical this statement is, but in absolute truth, I don't believe in that there is, you know, that that this universe is going to spread out and spread out and spread out and then it's just going to die, uh, you know, then it'll come back together or it'll touch another one and bang. And exactly. Like this, um, in my younger, more experimental days doing DMT and... Mm -hmm. And seeing that, like, oh, shit, this is, relax. Just, <laughs> just fucking relax. Just relax. Relax. As someone who does not have a consistent sense of time, clinically it's called time blindness. Mm, that's fascinating. 
Yeah. I have a great sense of direction, strangely. But my sense of time is completely contextual. But they're, but they're interweaved together. Space-time is the same thing. And that's why I find it so fascinating that you're like, well, the, the three-dimension I'm fine with, but the fourth doesn't exist to me is like, what? <laughs> well, the fourth always exists to me. It just is very context-specific. Good, because then I feel like the, the concept of time really does most of us in. Yeah. I should be this by this point. Right. I should have had this by this point. He's late. I'm early. Now, all of those service us in a good way. People should be on time. And I, I get it. But, like, um, especially at being 40 and my friends being at this age, a lot of people are going through, like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. I'm right. this age. I should have X, Y, and Z. And, like, we're not our parents. Well, I think a lot of it comes back to the false narrative that you were talking about. Right. And that's that's just, you know, sociological conditioning, patriarchy, matriarchy, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Yeah, because we were conditioned that, and it's really such a recent thing even that generations have had these expectations of you should do X by Y. No. Well, before, some of it was based on just, like, how do humans survive? No, I mean, I think we haven't been anywhere in history now that, like, for example, a woman that doesn't have a child by the time she's 40 is not someone or something that we hush about. Right. You know, like, I think for the first time in history, we're getting, we're starting to get to that place where it's like that whether or not I can reproduce as a man or a woman doesn't give you any worth. Now our problem is that actually we've probably reproduced too much. There's four times too many people on this planet. Yeah, and so like it's kind of like how to how to deal with the opposite. And also, I mean, like thinking about you know a woman that hadn't reproduced by forty probably was like thank God alive because reproduction for women is like the biggest. The yeah, it's 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 the most hazardous thing that they could do. But also so. there was I, you know what was it? Who was I watching a documentary last night on on the fucking. The Marcos family in the Philippines, and how like this one, his wife or something like that, you know, just some point it's like if you don't give me a fucking son, you know, you're out of here. Wow. And it's that kind of Henry VIII kind of thing that we just in like three the last three years are getting like chimps out of a cave, just like we don't, we can't do this. And yeah. I have a whole theory on that as to like. There was a power grab for women's power, something that happened a couple thousand years ago, because it's like, I think dudes got scared or got outplayed on something. And we're like, this is never happening again. Dude, I'm not kidding. I think. I, I laugh because it's a defense mechanism. <laughs> um, do you because. Know what I mean, like, that there was, yeah, a, there I... was a moment, a concerted effort. To wipe out femininity, and it seems like it was like two and a half, three thousand years ago. Something happened. I mean, there's a lot of theories about it intersecting with both agriculture and also monotheism, but I. You know, but like how at the same time that you know, supposedly you have the Hittites and all these, let's say, desert dwellers, yeah. and you had the Vikings where. They didn't have as much say, but women still fought in wars. Right. And they still drank with men. Right. And they hit them back. Right. And so it's not like it was... 
just, I just don't get it. I don't get why the pendulum swung so hard in one direction. I think that you, in some part, nailed it, though, because part of it, it the reason why I laughed is that it's usually out of fear. Like, when people no, act out of aggression, it's out of fear. Well, there's a joke about, like, you know, that, that a, a man is afraid of being made fun of and a woman's afraid the man's going to kill her. Exactly. You know I mean? Well, it's just that, like, a woman without violence can make a man feel like nothing, and that's probably the scariest thing to something that uses its physical being to right. exercise its life. Right. And now... There's this being that not only I lust for, I don't even know what these feelings are, and I'll do anything for her. What the fuck? I don't, you know, and no, no, we can't do this. We gotta set some That's rules. That's too threatening, yeah. We gotta set some rules, man. You know, and, and something happened. And, you know, so we, I don't think we would have, and this is not me being a white knight, I just don't think we would have such a warring tribe that would still be the case. It would just, I think, be a different version that we have right now, which is just this un understandable misogyny and just fear. Yeah. Which is yeah. not understandable. No, and I, I think that... Because some of the most misogynistic men have the most doting wives. Of course. The most, you know, sanctimonious versions of femininity around them. Right. And they still fucking hate women. Well, that's that's why I think that it is out of fear as opposed to, and that's why I'm glad that you're speaking about it, because in some ways I don't think it is up to women to change men's minds, because it doesn't matter what it is that women do. Like, I can be, I can be wearing this dress, or I can be wearing, I have a variety of giant hoodies that I love because they're cozy. It's like wearing a blanket. Um, I could be wearing whatever, and I will get yelled at by men. And so I know that it's not something I'm doing because I'm merely existing in the world. Mm -hmm. But my presence somehow inspires fear and aggression simply by existing. So I'm like, I don't think this is my job. I don't think this is my job to change your mind. I don't think it's my job to well, alter your behavior. Well, it's because you're viewed as an object. Right. And so an object is not going to teach someone who does not see them as a subject. No, you can't. Like, that's not an I-thou. That's an I-it. And so it is not going to be able to teach. No, so it is something I'll fight over. Yeah, and, and it's so cute that it wants to talk. But exactly, like, <clears throat> exactly. And so evaluating that, it's amazing to me when I hear other men talking to other men or talking to audiences about this exact thing, because I, I, I was lucky. I was I grew up around a lot of women, so there's like that indoctrination, and I just think you got to get people when they're kids, or else it's there's nothing you can do. Yeah, because it's it's like you were talking before about that like imprinting. Yeah. You gotta yeah. get you gotta get them when they're kids, and because I mean, there's a lot of dope dads now. Every one yeah. of my friends that are fathers, I'm just like, literally say to them, like, you know, that kid is lucky to have you. You're like the coolest motherfucker on the planet. Yeah. And so there are really good people being born now, and I I love. For a minute, I I showed kids how to make records on their laptops over at that music at, at MI. Oh, that's awesome. And so you get to see. Mm -hmm. what my young kids are and stuff like I say young kids but I'm 40 I can say that shit now um, there you go there you go there's a different level of awareness and just the skipping you know who did it really really well is that the the jump 22 street that that comedy when they both go to an updated current high school uh-huh and remember uh -huh. like when one of them was like what's that that's gay bro and everybody all the normal kids were like 
why the fuck do you have to talk like that? Yeah, they were like, you fucking dinosaur. And it's like, mm -hmm. God, that's fucking nice that that, that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fucking nice that that's happening. I'm so sorry that it's all ending now. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, I wonder that because I think in some ways, I talked to another artist about this, uh, about the impermanence of things. And we talked about climate change and that she was saying, you know, like in some ways, like humans have to accept that maybe like this, this was our time and this time is ending. And there's a part of me that both accepts change, but also is like, I do still have a potentially irrationally belief that humans will continue. It may not look like it does now because we have accidentally, and some people purposefully because they had the knowledge, but ruined the environment where we live. Like the earth is going to keep going. Oh, the Earth like, will the Earth is going to keep cruising on, and, yeah. And those that have money will end up in New Zealand and places like that. Truthful, yeah, truthfully, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. where they're all bunkering out, and 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 maybe that's actually the best thing that could happen. I don't fucking know. yeah. It's like I do believe that like humans will sustain themselves, whether it be on this planet or another one, um, because we're getting closer to that. But it's like, I do think that humans will survive, but will survive in a different format than we know now. Everything I'm saying, I want to also, you know, put in parentheses that I'm not a father. I don't have children. Yeah. And I've noticed that, like, understandably, a parent is going to have a biologically different, Yeah. let's say, cavalierness than I, that I have. Mm. About, it's all going to end. Fuck it, right? And if I had a kid, I don't know if I'd be so cavalier about that statement. Right. So I'd like if people are listening to know that I'm not saying my point of view is any better or worse. It's just my insular experience. <laughs> well, yeah, and I as I as a not parent as well, but as kind of like, I don't know if you enjoy spending time with your friends' kids. I love other people's kids. No. Um, <laughs> that's a good face. You know, I'm my, my cat's 20 years old. You know oh, my I mean? goodness. Like, I like reading and listening to birds and stuff like that yeah. and just slow living. I See, I think that's why yeah. I love other people's children mm. is that I love being around novel ideas and humans who are so mushy and forming themselves and it's so cool. But at the end of the day... I too would like to be reading a book <laughs> and just like <laughs> taking things really easy. No, you're doing your version of putting your oxygen mask on first, like, and you have to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what made it for a lot of horrible parents is having kids that they didn't want to have. And yeah. I feel that that's a lot of our population. It could be me. I don't even fucking know. Cause who knows what your parents thought when they had it. It's just that we don't have to do that anymore. Right. As a species. And right. we shouldn't. Well, and we can nurture the people who are here. We can, well, we can even learn how to do that in the first place properly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But it, um, that's, you know, I'm not saying people shouldn't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I gotta make sure that that's, you know. Well, it sounds like also like fostering, fostering care and love for others because you just made something that's in service to people and what you're talking about. The best I can with what I have. Yeah. Yeah. The best that I can with what I have and what I can do, you know, and oh God. Yeah. Because to be in a, and anybody that's listening that suffers from depression knows what I'm talking about. Um, 
and there's all kinds of shades, but like, you know, finding a medication and it working. I take Lexapro mm -hmm. and a lot of alcoholics and comedians use it. I don't know why, but, um, it, it's fast acting. So like in yeah. three days, I yeah. was like to wake up of a morning and be like possibility as opposed to like, I, I'm not even supposed to work today. That was how I woke up every day. Like I'm not even supposed to be here. This was, this was a mistake. Yeah. And it's really hard to get going if that's your first thought. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, uh, and I, you know, you can't be there for the people that you love. You can't be there for yourself. Yeah. It's like and trying... so things fall apart around you because you're not, you know you're not putting anything in, not, not putting anything into it. It's just it doesn't feel right. Nothing feels right. Nothing ever fucking feels right. Everything is you having to deal with something. Mm. This line is just too fucking much. Why do I have to go here? Why did I get that? Like, it's just everything has to be dealt with. And, it, and it's torture, man. Sounds like everything has to be dealt with and there's no possibility to enjoy it. Enjoyment, it was... It's like infinity. You, If there's a word for it, but you don't know what it is. And gotcha. that's what it felt like. What's it like getting to enjoy things now? Uh, um, Biblical. Yeah. It... Right now with my roommate, before I came here, we were just sitting, you know, I moved into Laurel Canyon with her because that was the only way we could afford it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And this is a best friend of mine of like 20 years and uh, she's going through a rough patch and just, we were both sitting in the garden with one of our mutual close friends who just lost a parent and I know what that's like. And we had this just round robin of being there for each other while the wind mm. was blowing. And I bought like a fuck ton of bird feeders in my yard. so. It, Oh, so you get all the birds. Sound like Avery. Yeah, and they're all fighting each other, and that's fucking awesome in the morning, especially when you're caffeinated. <laughs> so you like, no, you yeah, like I'm aggro just, bird watching is what no, I'm hearing. I'm, I'm, I'm like really... Like uh, a bird instigator. No, I'm like Dr. Manhattan complex. <laughs> um, but just to have that moment where we were uh, being kind to each other in the sunlight with a breeze and actually to be really able to be grateful for it and not be like I should be grateful for this which mm. do you know the difference mm -hmm. do you mm -hmm. really know the mm -hmm. difference and I've had this life up to this that I should be grateful for this or I should have this moments so when I had these really big moments it's like your songs on the radio you're on the TV or whatever and I'd be like and it would be depressing to everybody around you because they were with you along the way up. Right. And people can feel the difference. And then you get there and you're just like, cool. And having somebody say to you, like, Does, did that mean anything to you what that person just said to you? And you're just like, yeah. But you're acting and everybody can right. You're a bad actor and everybody can see it. And it's, then you're ashamed that you're being an actor. It sounds like you would spiral. All day long. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so then, like, obviously booze, which was my, my thing. Yeah. Because it's legal. True. And, and it's socially you, acceptable. Yes, and if you can be charming on it, you can get away with it for a lot longer than you should. Agreed. You know, and I grew up in a family that that was part of the gig. Mm -hmm. You know, and my dad was a happy drunk, so it was never a negative thing until it became a negative thing. You know? Right, right. It's fascinating encountering you now that you've had this almost like renaissance mm. 
great word. Thanks. Because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, your, your listeners can't see this dopey smile, but like... <laughs> it, it, it's just indescribable. Yeah. And that like... Um, something my therapist really put in perspective. Because it was like when I, when I first met with this woman... It was like, I don't know what this fucking thing called happiness is. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And she's like, look, I can't promise you bliss. That doesn't really exist. Yeah. I can show you resilience. And resilience mm. is happiness. And that does exist. And I was like, you know, I'll give mm. myself a year. And mm-hmm. if not, I can kill, you can kill yourself whenever. You know, like that kind of thinking of like, I, I'm okay as long as I have that one option, right? Yeah, to have, it's... Always there, just in case. Yep, passive suicidal ideation, and frankly, to our listeners, a lot of people have that. So if you do have that, no one, deal. it's, yeah, one, it's normal to talk to people about it. Um, now I have this imagery of don't break, break glass thing. What were we talking about? I'm sorry. We were talking about your renaissance, and then you had a really, really lovely smile, and you wanted people to be able to see that, but I think that they could hear it. Because you had a really sweet little breath right before that. Yeah, I, I and then you're talking to your therapist about resilience. Right. And so it was that she was right. I believed her. It took me a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of it is just practice. Um, and then with the right medication, it was like to go from a place where you're constantly in pain to a place where you're not. Mm-hmm. Not, in, not in ecstasy, but just not, is ecstasy. Yeah. You know, um, and I find myself now not wanting to always get fucked up, which was, you know, that was the thing. If you're down there, you're just like, I want to get, it didn't matter what it was, you know. So if I was dating a heroin addict, I would sneak off her methadone or if it was this or that or, you know, just anything to take the edge off. And mm. um, now my fucking vice is ginger turmeric tea and I, it's... Is it the one from Trader Joe's? No, it's Rishi. <gasps> and I get it by the pound. Oh my god. Because I make it really strong. Same. Because it comes with honey caked on it too. Ooh. Yeah, so it's like I go through a pound a week of that. Oh my like, god. I add honey to mine, but I get the one from Trader Joe's now. I want to try yours because it already has the honey on so it. So it's 20 bucks a pound on Amazon. I just try it. Rishi ginger turmeric tea. I'm into it. Um, I can't recommend that them enough. Because I also have <laughs> two pounds of their Moroccan mint. And their chamomile blend is great. Oh my god. This is, I'm like, our producer Laura is going to love this too. Because uh, Laura drinks more tea than anyone I've met. And I've met a lot of people who are British. No, so uh, probably Laura what best I'm them recommending all. is like the equivalent of PG. She's probably like, Rishi's just for the fucking plebs, dude. <laughs> but PG, I mean, PG is so comforting because it's medium okay tea. That's um, what recommends it, is that there's like nothing crack, stellar about it. To me. That shit is like the strongest black tea. I don't know what it, it just... Don't bore us, take us to the chorus, build us to. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing, it doesn't taste particularly good or bad. It just sort of like is there. And so you you're know, like, all right. It is a builder's tea, because he's like, you know, I used to work construction, and it's like you wake up hungover and you resent the fucking world. And so it's like you need spiteful caffeine. Spiteful caffeine. <laughs> there. PG tips, spiteful get to the caffeine. Job site by like 6 a.m., and you're like, what the fuck, man? I could have been somebody. Give me some PG tips and spiteful caffeine. Uh, with an English accent, but I won't do that. Let's let's not. I shouldn't do that either. <laughs> that will 
only end badly. Have you, have you ever had an English friend just like call me, tell you that like it sucks? Please stop doing it. Well, my problem is is that when I'm around someone, I I accidentally will pick up certain things, and so I've accidentally appropriated certain words or occasionally intonations of friends from other countries, and then I'm just like, I I'm not Madonna. I'm so sorry. Oh. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my buddy Casper that does all the artwork for Big Black Delta, he's English, and there was just we were hanging out in the desert for like two, three days, and he was just as gentle and kindly as he could. He's just like you know, and you know John's really shitty at English accent, you know, because I think he was just listening things that were just, <laughs> and me just being quiet and like, I'm never gonna do that again. <laughs> Noting down in my mental notepad. Never again. No, you know, and my, my manager, Ryan, who lived in London for mm -hmm. 12 years, had a kid there. Never picked up the accent. I'm not always mystified by that. Me too. And I'm like, I'm impressed. And that's why I like, that's not why I like working with him, but it's like something <laughs> that I, you know, aesthetically say to people, I'm like, dude, this dude will not break. There you go. There he you will, go. He will not break. So if he's like, I don't like this, he, just don't bother trying to convince him. He just doesn't like it. That's it. And so it's like, you know, if I send him music that he doesn't like, it'll just be like, I got this song. <laughs> and I had a grandmother like that, so I totally know how to handle it. It's That's, like, yeah. I love, I love people who, I love that trait in people where they're like, well, I don't want to say anything bad. So it's, it's kind of, so exactly. It's kind of like in a way, like it's not lying by omission. That's different, but it's just like, you're like, I'm going to spare you by simply not saying anything. I've done that too, where in conversation, if I ever like, I'm really unsure of how to say something politely, nicely, kindly, I just sort of hum. I've definitely done that with people where they'll say things like, mmm. You know, the best thing to do is to be the most hardcore honest, which is, I don't get it. And I think people people get scared of admitting that, too, when they don't understand if something. someone says to me, you know, I just don't get it, that doesn't sting. No. You know, um, because I don't like it hurts. But if yeah. somebody says to me, I remember, you know, when I was a lot younger and back when, like, labels would do things like yeah, you have to go do the rounds and shit uh -huh, like that. And I remember uh -huh. my manager at the time taking me to the guy in New York. And we have this meeting and everything. And at the end of it, manager's like, brass tacks, so what are we doing here? And he just looks at me and he's like, sorry, son, I just don't get it. And I just remember even at, at like 20 or 21 being like, cool, man. Yeah. We're not on the same page. <laughs> nothing fun. And so it's just like to be able to say that to people I mean, I, I, by doing that, you just cut out the critic business by one million percent. Just yeah. to be able to say, like, instead of attacking people, just being like, hey, it's not for me. Well, that's what you were saying before about, like, some of the reviews and people that really are in the business of just, like, cutting others down. But you need click, bait. And, and that's, that's the thing is, like, to me, I think about when I don't care for something, you're I just don't engage out. with it. Yeah. Gonna, well, I, I it's think like, that doesn't work as a business model anymore. Yeah. Because... That can only work in a, in a, in a, in a, you can only be mean and cynical if the economy's doing well and everybody can eat. That's the only way cynicism and things like that work yeah. because we have space to be like, isn't that funny? <laughs> but when things that's a great voice. Like, I don't know what country that was from, but. That's fucking the valley, bro. 
Maybe that's why I liked it. But, you know, now that we're getting to this place that I'm really grateful and I'm hoping that earnestness, not forever, it doesn't have to stay here forever. Yeah. We just need a little bit of it right now. We just need a little, that's why, um, like, all the shit that Shia LaBeouf is putting out right now, I don't know if you've mm -hmm. seen I haven't. Honey Boy. No, I kept seeing billboards for it, but I, I have Honey a Honey Boy or the, yeah. the, the Peanut Butter Falcon or whatever, these, these movies that are just like, ah, oh, man, thanks for making that. Thank you for making that. I'm like, thank or, you for making the thing. I, or you, you hear a song and you're like, fuck, dude, thank you for doing that. Like, that's being of service. There we go. As opposed to like, look how big my dick is. And then you're just like, God. That does not do me a service. You know, back when everybody had money and nobody had to worry about, you know, what everybody gets hit with when you wake up this morning, this morning, every morning. You know, I don't, I don't want to hear about your irony or cynicism. Fuck no. you. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, ironic art deeply confused me. I mean, I, I appreciate, no, it has I appreciate ironic time. humor. All of it I've has... always, I've always liked ironic humor. And I remember that, like, really, I quite like, but I, you know, I'll reframe it. I don't like mean-spirited art. Mean-spirited, I think, is no longer, uh, has any room. Yeah. Because like when you don't have healthcare, which was something I, I was saying in my that I had to do work on my bio today for fucking whatever, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And this guy was like, when you were detoxing, going through the DTs, why didn't you go to a hospital? And I was like, I didn't have insurance, so I had to do it the American style, which was like I, I stayed in my friend's closet downtown. And oh my god. For five days. Yeah, yeah, just oh my god. Because you know, I couldn't afford the doctor, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like that's just American. My mom. After my dad died, he, for whatever reason, missed a payment on the life insurance. So my mom at 72 is still working. Wow. And, you know, when I talked to her, she's like, I still got a job. So, I'm, you know, I'm grateful. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, that is the most American fucking thing ever now. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah, and so when you're, I, I guess... And, and so when everybody's kind of under that, I don't yeah. want to fucking... You know, you know, making fun of Kim Kardashian is not fun. No, it loses its meaning in the scope of what you're talking about. You know, yeah, like, it's just, I don't want to... You can kind of see it why people love superhero movies and, you know, just this idea of fairness, which is just a human term. Right. Um, it's a genetic algorithm that's in all of us. There's a really great YouTube video of this monkey experiment they're in a plexiglass cage uh -huh. and they're feeding both of them cucumber slices okay okay and then they start giving a grape to one of them and to these monkeys grapes it's just crack mm -hmm. so the other one eats the, the cucumber slice the all right one. i was looking over again this is like the brain is this big okay? right all right and then he gets another one and he's now he's not eating it now he looks at the guy and he throws it out and he's like starts gesturing like what the fuck and yeah like why why he's freaking out in this fucking room so wow fairness, thinking about this fairness is a ge genetic hardwired thing in all of us and that's why all of us have such a profound i don't know what it is call to it but you have to remind yourself that that's not nature that is a human evolutionary term fairness fairness and you're lucky to get it when you get it and a lot of times you're not right and that's okay
And that kind of comes and back to a reflection on, on, your on you. Yeah. Cause that goes back to then, I guess, kind of in a way like filling your own cup or even realizing that you have a cup that you can fill. And you're allowed to have that cup. Yeah. Yeah. And that that cup is one there and two not filled with punishment and three that it's okay that it exists. Mm-hmm. A lot of qualifications about this cup. Um, <laughs> if it, yeah, cause when you don't get self-worth, um, or love, whatever you want to call it. If you don't know what it feels like, you don't know what it feels like. You don't know. And so then all these other, all these things don't happen. Right. Well, because it sounds like when you were talking about some of the accomplishments you've had through music, it sounds like some of them didn't, like, land and that you, no, you felt. No, that was the other thing why I shelved the record. Because yeah. I, I finished it and I started thinking about having to explain to people the record. And then mm. I started going through, like, well, it's really been painful. And then I thought about everyone that I'd ever made since I was 20. Yeah. And they all had the same story. I just went through this fucking thing and it's da, 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 and I was just like, God, this is a fucking old story. And not only that, it might have not made that good of an art on certain levels. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for me, I can't enjoy a lot of it. Mm. Let's try a new house. There you go. Deal. And so it was like, let's come from another place. Let's come <laughs> not from a victim, not you had to overcome anything. You know, when was that? When were you the happiest? Christmas morning when I was 12, you know, the lights and all this other shit. Okay, let's just stay there. Yeah. And make things like that. And so it was like, again, being able to be in therapy and with the right medication, I was able to do that. Right. And I just didn't want to keep. Dun, 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 dun. Do you know what I, mean? I do. It's just like that's my bio, bro. Because <laughs> there was a minute bad shit happened to me. I lost yeah. my father, then I lost a friend of cancer, then I got had my gear stolen and all my tapes stolen, and then I had my identity stolen. I had just this shit oh. all just consistently. You know what I mean? So I had the greatest excuse. Right. To da, 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 I like that I, you called it an excuse, though. I did, and I used it as it. I got fucking lit, and so any time anybody would fucking be like, dude, what the fuck? I'd be like, you don't know what it's like, and they, you know, they didn't. Right. And I'm an intelligent person, and they're an intelligent person. They're like, well, fuck, I can't out-talk this dude. Fine. They're like, all right. Well, and you, you changed the narrative. Like, we were talking about that fear of change, but you were you said, like, all right, I'm going to try a new house. Yeah, I, I hit physical rock bottom, like my body was giving out, and I had to do something. Yeah. Hopefully you or other people don't yeah. have to get that far. But if you do, it's okay. Yeah. You can change things. Nothing's permanent. That was like when I'm coming back to the DMT thing. That was the beauty of it. It was just like, oh, you know, the light behind the light behind the light, which is essentially the source, which is you, never stops. You just always land somewhere. Yeah. And, you know... Dress it however you like. Call it God, Yahweh. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. You're allowed to say Yahweh. It's not, you didn't... Spell it out. Yeah, I was going to say you didn't write it down. Okay. You didn't like yid heh vav it up or you didn't Adonai. You, you got a lot of options here. I know. I do and I don't. <laughs> well, like you said, the light's going to land anyway. Mm. No. Well, I don't, I don't want to anybody's sensibilities uh, no, you know religion no it, it, I know you find peace in it 
I like that you did just pick up the teeny tiny dumbbells that these, are under my couch. These pink, pink two pound is in every apartment in Los Angeles. They are? Yeah. Well, the reason I got them is that a friend of mine had convinced me to go to bar class with her, which is actually low-key torture. And everybody has the same exact story, which is like, my friend, it's not what did it, and I'm just like, no, I just own the fucking pink. No, now, now I use them, though, because I memorize the bar exercises, because I learned... <clears throat> no, I can show you. You make little Ws, so you go like this, but you do it like this, but... For your shoulders? Well, you can, you can shoulder, but if you pull your arms back like that, almost like little, like, oh, wings. get the back. Yeah, but do that over and over again for, like, two to three minutes? No. <laughs> now you see why I didn't go to classes. You did exactly what I did. I the, second, the second an instructor was just like, and now repeat, I was just like, I'm not gonna. No. <laughs> like, whenever someone tells me to do something, my natural reaction is like, Are you fucking with my autonomy? Exactly. I'm Make me. Lady. Make me. And then I was like, Wait, I just paid $40 for you to tell me what to do. I should probably do the thing. Do what I do. Um, the air horn app on your phone. So when you're leaving a room, just. Oh my god. No, but I was using, I did use them earlier today because I, for some reason, like a YouTube workout, I'm okay with that one step removed of someone on YouTube telling me I'm what the to exact do. Same thing. So I like I have a recumbent like, bike and yeah. I watch like either horses or m mountain bikes or racing uh -huh. thing and it's like yeah. this is great for me. I don't need like a 25 year old dude screaming at me. Exactly, exactly. Being like, come on, bro, I know you can do better, and it's just like, and I'm like, I'm, not I'm gonna that, do worse just to spite you. I just don't respond good to nagging. Me neither. It's platonic mm -mm. or whatever, mm -mm. just somebody being like, what is that all you can do? You know what, actually, Tad? Yeah. It is. I'm going fucking home, dude. Fuck you. That's so funny. Do you remember? Well, I, I mean, I don't know what you encountered of this, but the spate of men reading the book The Game that occurred. When was this? Oh, God. Pickup Artistry started probably like mid-aughts, like kind of like early 2000. And it's carried through. Like there still is a large pickup artist community. Um, but one of the main things is like, they try to say something random to catch you off guard and I'm like, haha, buddy, you can't do that. I have ADHD. Everything's random. So I'm just like, this is my everyday life. But the second one was like nagging, which I have the same response to, like, because a lot of times they would nag people in order, like, they'd be like, oh, that's a great dress. Like, did your friend pick it out? So the, the, the thinking behind that is this woman's attractive. All she's ever gotten is compliments. Exactly. So people do this to, to celebrities. Yeah. Where they're like, I'm going to go say something fucked up to fucking Sofia Coppola. Exactly. What were you thinking in Godfather 3? Yeah. Right? And then, and then yeah. you just like stop like a record scratch. Mm -hmm. How did I get here? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, like the truth is she was 14 years old. Right. Leave her the fuck alone. Why would you say something rude to somebody? But it's, it's, there's this... It's a power grab. No. Well, it, at least that's how it felt to me, no, is like someone is trying to usurp for me, like... No, it's more of a toddler kind of like, I'm here! There's also that. I'm here, give me, give me! It's just Gimme, 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 gimme. It's gimme. just that, where it's like, um, I've seen it in people, where they're like... And then when you're like, you don't give them what they want, then they're like, oh, you, th you think you're just fucking, and then all of a sudden you're just this. Oh, and then they become, yeah, well, they do, guys do get aggressive when you don't give them what they want, she says, with dramatic understatement. And that, again, is just fucked up parenting. Yeah. I'm sorry to say it. Yeah.
it's just fucked up parenting because like you know that was the you know besides growing up around women and then having a sister that was six years older than me so it was like even if I did get out of line I did get my ass kicked but you know my dad would backhand me if anything back you know don't you ever you know that kind of fucking mm -hmm. thing but mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that that isn't their reality right right and not only that if you question that reality um you're that's them fighting words yeah yeah and i get it you know because if fucking a monster drinking dude came in here right now i was like what the fuck's wrong with you dude bitches are supposed to be fucking you know like that and i've actually had weirdly enough on a side thing you know just have uh platonic girlfriends and hearing their platonic guy friends talk about those girls differently when they're not around so there's this underlying algorithm always running even though like yeah. I, I respect the fuck out of women hashtag all women are heroes uh -huh. but at the bottom of it it's like I'll say whatever the fuck I need to say yeah. to get this done and yeah. it's like well that's 85% of the planet dude well and it's also strange to me that like you said I, I do think that some of it is conditioning and a client of mine said this and I quite liked it they said, your first thoughts are garbage. It's what you do with your second and third thoughts that count. Because you might have been conditioned to think a certain way. Not even the garbage. I think that that's too much and that's too judgmental. They're not your fault. Mm. My first thoughts are not my fault. Mm. How I adapt and move to them is pretty much my definition of my personality. Because, gotcha. you know... All of us blurt out shit. All of us say things. All of us were fucking babies that were just like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and some of us really good at covering it up or managing it. And some of us aren't. Right. You know. Some of it spills out. But I just think that like, if this, these kids were taught that like, hey, if you have to trick a girl into sleeping with you, you've already lost. Yeah. That that's the, then... It's not as fun running the race if you don't have to run it. The trophy isn't as fun. I know right. it's so fucked up of an analogy, but it's just like even that simple thing. Of well, and it's like, even framing it as that it's not a race. But, you know, it, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm seeing that that's different. Yeah. But it's going to be a long time. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're talking about, we live in Los Angeles. If you mm -hmm. leave 300 miles out of here, it's a whole different fucking thing. Oh, yes. And you go outside of Canada and the United States, it's not counting most of Europe, but we got a long way to go, guys. I was like, welcome to this week's episode of Why Not Both, where we talk about uplifting topics <clears throat> such as gender dynamics, climate change, <laughs> the uh, tiny pink dumbbells that appear. The nicest appear. way to commit suicide. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> The pink dumbbells that appear within everyone's home in Los Angeles that always have the tale of the one friend that brought you to bar class. Fuck you, Susan. <laughs> Mine's Zoe, and I, I can't fault her. She's awesome. <laughs> Zoe, what you're not seeing is she's riding on a dry erase board. <laughs> she really thinks about you. How dare you move to Iceland and forsake me? <laughs> That was a pretty good dry erase board song. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was like dry erase mixed with baby elephant. I'm into it. Um, well, I'm glad you got my, uh, what's it called? Uh, what is it called when people listen to things and it makes my inspiration? My, 
your influences. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so what was your influences for this? Dude, oh, one anecdote. <laughs> I remember being in Germany, which is so much fun to play literal, non-literal games with. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, um, you know, it was like a press day because I was out there, so the label has everybody show up one day to the... And this, this woman had shown up who was, I guess, like the equivalent of like, you know, a supermarketing tabloid kind of a thing. Like, okay. Like a people okay. magazine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not something like Laura would work for or anything like that. Just, right, right. So this woman's like just fucking furious that nobody's gotten her water. And she's like, you're five minutes late, and, you know. And so she, I'm just like, fuck it. And she's like, so what is this record about? And I'm like, it's about 45 minutes long. <laughs> With the accent. Oh no! And she just didn't skip a beat. She just kept going. Like it was just like in and out. And oh in my out. god! Having fun. That's. With those moments. That's, I think, perhaps a good note to end on of just to have fun with those moments. Just to have fun with any you know, moment guys, if you just, can. Just have fun. Just, you know, put a bird on it. <laughs> and you are a bird watcher. You're you're chronically putting so many birds on your yard. I just picked up a Celestian 100 binoculars. They're like this big. Ooh, and, that uh, sounds intimidating. And it also has Celestian in the name, and I like that. Celestial. <gasps> and uh, yeah, no, I had to get a tripod for it because it's just so heavy. A tripod for your binoculars? Look, I don't fuck around. <laughs> this man is not messing around. You heard it here first. I mean, if you're gonna do it. <laughs> Oh my god. Do it with a tripod. Yeah. <laughs> There's like five bucks on Amazon. I feel like this has been a long running, like low key advertisement for Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Just you know, really, it's a it's a good way to test your imagination. There you go. Well I have I mean, I think everyone's fallen down an Amazon slash Alibaba slash just even internet hole. Where I'm you not look going up on one Alibaba. Oh my god. Well, it's connected to, I think, and in China the app is called Taobao, where it's like you can fall down a hole of one moment you're looking at like bathtub stoppers and then like it just, it spirals from there. No, because I mean, even if it's $5 for a $500 thing, it takes nine months to get here. That's true. And then, but do you know what the magic of that is? Then you've forgotten that you got yourself a present and then a package shows up and no, you're that's like... rationalization. Is it rationalization? Is it the fact that I'm neurodivergent? We'll never know. Next time I will come with my perfunctory dictionary with extra bigger words. <laughs> extra bigger. I think they call that a thesaurus, but I'm unsure. Is it a laceration on my sanity? <laughs> this Amazon you speak of? Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, am I entertaining or infuriating or like some intersection? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for having me, though. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, both on Instagram and Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. 
Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who has been absolutely amazing. Thank you again, and I look forward to next week's episode.